KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Hey, it's Matt Lee. I'm back with another Super Bowl preview episode of One on One. In this episode, we catch up with the great Ray Didinger, who has actually come out of retirement to talk about this Eagles run on our sister station, Sports Radio 94 WIP, and on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Had the chance to sit down in studio with Didinger to talk about this Eagles season, put it in a bit of historical context, and of course, we also chat about what to expect on Sunday when the Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. Give a listen. First of all, Ray Didinger, thanks so much for coming in, and I can see you're having a nice, relaxing retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't exactly worked out the way I thought it would. Uh, I really did think retirement was going to be retirement, but I was not foreseeing the kind of Eagle season that we had. So um, their success has kind of unretired me for the time being. I'm curious, when did it become apparent to you that this group I don't know, maybe go to the Super Bowl, but was going to be something special. Because I just remember like in training camp, when you started to kind of see the last pieces they put in place on Mm -hmm. the roster. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, who knows how it plays out injury-wise and maybe, but man, I struggle to find a weakness on this team. Like there's not something you point to and go, well, eventually that'll kill them. And I honestly don't know if I've ever seen that with an Eagles team. No, um, or almost any NFL team. You can say, well, we're, I don't think this team has a weakness. Even the, even teams that have won championships, they were really good here, 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 but that area, I don't know. You know, um, This team, they really don't have that. Um, and when I looked at the team in training camp and I looked at the roster, I, I said, this team is very good. They're very good. I mean, they went to the playoffs last year with a rookie head coach and a first-year starter at quarterback. Uh, and then they came back this year, and they had really addressed some of the weaknesses. Um, the acquisition of Reddick was going to make—I knew it was going to make a big difference on the defense. Uh, I was certain that the big addition of AJ Brown was going to have a tremendous effect on the offense. I mean, he is the perfect complement to Devonta Smith. I mean, they—the two of them are just exactly perfect working. I mean, AJ Brown is the big physical receiver who can break the big play. And Devontae Smith is just this wonderful pattern runner that's always open when you need that third down catch. And you put them out there with a really good, one of the top five tight ends in the league in Dallas Goddard. That's a very, very potent team. The one question that everybody kept saying was, yeah, but what about the quarterback? You know, is Jalen Hurts really the guy? And to me, that's, that's really the only thing surprising about this season is that he is this good this early. I mean, I thought that he was. I thought he was really good last year, uh, and he was good enough to get you to the playoffs. Um, but I didn't. I didn't foresee him taking this kind of jump in one year. But he did. What do you think is it that has allowed him to take that jump? Is it the accuracy? Is it just understanding what needs to be done to make a play in a certain situation? Where do you think he has just taken that quantum leap? All of that. Uh, the the thing that you saw in training camp was that he had really improved in a couple of areas. His accuracy was excellent. Um, I mean, there were days at practice and training camp where the ball never hit the ground. I mean, everything he threw was on the numbers. He was putting the ball on every, on every receiver. Uh, 
And that was a big step forward, that he had just improved his accuracy. And it's, you know, his footwork, his mechanics, all of that stuff. He had, And look, full credit to him. I mean, he, he worked at it to get that good, but he did. So th- you saw that right away was the accuracy. And the other part was just his decision-making, his, the, the way he saw the field. He saw it with such clarity. He knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. He always found the open receiver. He always made the right decision. Uh, and that was the other part of it, was there was no holding the ball, there was no uncertainty, there was none of what you saw when he first got the job, that if it's not there right away, I'm going to take off and run. I mean, he he was willing to stay in the pocket that extra second to let the play develop and then throw the football, which is what you have to do to play quarterback in this league. And he kind of reached that point, he reached that level really with astonishing speed. When we look at this run, it you know, 2017 season, basically the whole thing falls apart mm-hmm. a couple years later. And now we're back here with, you know, five or six of core guys. I don't want to act like they're French, but a, almost a complete different cast of characters, a complete different coaching staff. Like, do we appreciate how amazing it is what they've been able to do? Because I remember... For a while there, it looked like they were they were bad the year mm-hmm. Doug Peterson got fired, and it looked like they were in a position when you considered cap and all that stuff mm-hmm. where they were going to be bad for a while. Like it was going to take a while to sort it out, and here we are, just a couple years later, as the Super Bowl favorite. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it is, and you know, most people, I, I don't know that they've given the organization as much, enough credit for the way they have rebuilt this thing with, this quickly. Because you're right. I mean, people, I don't know if people even remember the last year of Doug Peterson. You know, I mean, that team won four games. And struggled to win four. They won four games. They fire their coach. Um, They trade their quote-unquote franchise quarterback. uh, And... There was a feeling around football, people in, in the football that kind of thought, well, the Eagles, are, you know, we're not going to hear from them for a while. I mean, they're just going to have to do a total rebuild here. And on top of all of that, and you mentioned this, um, they were in really bad salary cap shape because of the Carson Wentz thing, because of the um, the hit on the cap that they were taking by trading him. Um, there are people around the league that said, oh, no, they're Eagles. it's going to be a long time before we see the Eagles again. So for them to get from there just two years ago to the playoffs the next year, to the Super Bowl the next year, um, it's an astonishing it's an astonishing rebirth for this team. And you got to give great credit to Jeff Lurie as the owner who stayed the course uh, and made the right decisions. A lot of people wanted him to get rid of Howie Roseman and bring in another Bring in another general manager. Bring in another personnel guy. Oh, my God, this is the guy that drafted Jalen Rager. I mean, all of the stuff we heard. And Jeff said, no, you know, Howie knows what he's doing. And he stayed with them. And look where they are right now. Uh, They're going to the Super Bowl as favorites. And to that point, I think we could probably count on one hand the amount of organizations where Howie Roseman would have been allowed to rebuild it, you know, because – yeah, you know, he was the guy that drafted Hertz in the second round, and it looks great. But it came a year after they had given Wentz all the money. Like there was a lot there. Mm-hmm. But as you say, to the credit of Jeffrey Lurie, okay, 
We're going to we're going to be okay. We're going to see it through. And I just don't think there's a lot of organizations that would have had the patience to say, no, you got this. Take care of it. No, there aren't. And just the the public, the public attitude. I mean, you know, the public, the wrath that was being directed at Howie uh, was such that, I mean, there are a lot of owners that would have just caved and just said, oh, we got to get this guy out of town. People are people are fed up with him. You know, let's let, let's just move on and, and hire another general manager and because people are just killing us for keeping him around. And Jeff said, no, I, you know, how he, he was executive of the year in 2017 when we won the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Have we made some mistakes? Yeah, we've made some mistakes, but I still believe he, he built this team once he can build it again. It's been an amazing run and an amazing story. A lot of them on this team, but when you're, te- when you're writing the story of this Eagles team, you can't write it without Howie Roseman. Let's say they win this Super Bowl. Given the success they had, the fact of where they were the entire season, best is the argument very strong. Best team in franchise history. Yes, yes, uh, I, I definitely think so. And when you consider, I mean, if they if they complete the mission here, if they win the Super Bowl, there'll be seventeen wins. The organizations never approached that in their history. And then you look back, and then you look at the way they've won in the postseason. I mean, they crushed the Giants. They they crushed the 49ers. Uh, and if they win, no matter how they win, but if they win convincingly over Kansas City, wow. I mean, that's really impressive. On top of the regular season that they had, with all the team records they set, 70 sacks. Team record for touchdowns. Team record for points scored. <laughs> I mean, it's um, if, you, if you were to ask me who was the greatest team in the history of the franchise, I would probably say the 1949 team that went 11 and one and had five Hall of Famers on a 33 man roster. Um, prior to this year, to me, it was no question it's the 49 team. Um, but what this team accomplished this year, if they if they beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl with with everything they did to get here, I think people you got to look at it and say this is the greatest year in Philadelphia Eagles history, and it's a history that goes back to 1933. We need to take a break. We will have more with Ray Dittinger right after this. This is one-on-one. And we are back on this special episode of one-on-one, breaking down the Eagles and the Chiefs with the great Ray Dittinger. How does the matchup break down to you? When you look at these two teams, what is the first thing you're very interested to see how it develops and the effect it could have on the game? Most people would start with the quarterbacks. Uh, maybe I'm a little different. I start with the line. I, I start in the trenches. Um, who's better uh, on the line? And the Eagles have a significant advantage there, I think. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL uh, and probably the best player in the NFL. I mean, if you, had a, if you were to redo the draft, uh, all 32 teams would probably make Patrick Mahomes their first pick. I mean, he's... He's that good. He's all that. But the Eagles quarterback is pretty close already, uh, and he has a better supporting cast around him. Um, the Eagles have a very well-balanced passing game. They have three good runners, and they win the battle at the line of scrimmage all the time. I mean, the nobody ran on the 49ers this year. 49ers were giving up 70 yards a game on the ground. The Eagles doubled that. Um, the New York Giants came in playing really good run defense, and there are no slouches on that side of the ball either. Eagles ran for 260. So 
when you have that kind of dominance with your offensive line against the other team's defense, especially when that other team's defense is pretty good to begin with, then that's a great place to start. And the Chiefs have a lot of really good playmakers, uh, and they can score points fast, and they can score them in bunches. But at the line of scrimmage, that battle that, that battle uh, in the trenches, the Eagles are much stronger than the Chiefs. And generally speaking, even in Super Bowls, those teams tend to win. Is there an Eagle that maybe is outside the main topic of conversation that you think could play a significant role in this one? And I mean, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts and right. A.J. Brown, guys like that. But is there a maybe a secondary or tertiary character that we should just kind of keep an eye out that because of the situation and the matchup that could could play maybe not a starring role, but play an important one? Well, um, I think Kenneth Gainwell um, because... You see, the last couple games, he's played really good. I mean, Miles, Miles Sanders has started and played well, um, scored a couple touchdowns, and certainly gotten his yards. But they've been working Kenny Gainwell more and more into the offense, and he has been very good. He's, I mean, he was always a good receiver, uh, but now you're seeing he's gotten a little bigger and stronger, so he's able to run it between the tackles. So he's able to give you that receiving thing, plus he's also able to give you some power. So you can run them down short yardage and goal line. And what I like is, you know, to get in the playoffs, you know, he's still a young player, but being in the playoffs doesn't seem to bother him. In fact, it seems to bring out the best in him. And when I look at the Chiefs' defense, their linebackers are not great, the best way of putting it. And so there are situations where if the Eagles get Ken Gainwell on the field and match him up against the Chiefs' linebackers in the passing game, uh, he can be very effective. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're the obvious marquee players that everybody's going to think about. But if you're asking me for somebody that's maybe a little bit off that radar but could be impactful on Super Bowl Sunday, I think the matchup kind of points towards a kid like Kenny Gainwell. You mentioned earlier you knew Hassan Reddick was going to be an impact player, and he's been that in that some. I mean, he single-handedly wrecked the NFC title game you know, for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Who do you equate him to in recent NFL history i mean you just the the quickness he has around the edge i mean he's a unicorn like his ability to to move is there anyone you look at and you kind of say oh he reminds me of or he's in the in the make of this person uh he you know i would i would put him in the the discussion with the kid the kid who's with the cowboys now micah parsons i think they're very similar in they play the same kind of position um, they have the same kind of combination of speed and power. I would say that that's that, that's a pretty fair comparison. But what I like about Reddick is that Reddick is uh, he doesn't just he doesn't just chase down the quarterback at the expense of doing the other things. I mean, he's a good all around player. I mean, he'll play the run if he has to play the run. But what he does best is hunt down quarterbacks, and um, he's done that everywhere he's been. I mean, he gets drafted in the first round by Arizona, and for whatever reason, the, the first year they tried to make him an inside linebacker, which I couldn't figure it out. I mean, this guy's skill set is all about playing on the edge and getting getting after the quarterback. Why you would put him in the middle and try and make him into Willie Lanier, I have, I have no idea. But they did. Uh, and then finally, after that year, they decided, wait, this is kind of silly. You know, He's a pass rusher. Let's put him out to where he can rush the pass rusher. And, oh, well, lo and behold, he becomes a double-digit sack guy. Then he goes from there to Carolina and does it all over again. Uh, and when you see a guy have that kind of success in two very different systems, then you know he's he's really a good player. And he also you can pursue him 
uh, in free agency, knowing that, okay, I already seen him play in this system and he was good. And in this system, he was good. So whatever we ask him to do, we could be pretty sure that he's going to be able to do it. And he came here and he's been, he's really been terrific. And you're right. I mean, he, I mean, there are a lot of guys that played big roles in that win over the 49ers. But if you were to ask me who was the star of the game, I would tell you I thought it was Hassan Reddick because the big hit on Purdy early in that game, uh, forcing the fumble, forcing the interception, forcing the turnover, get, allowing the Eagles to get the jump on that team was that was a tone setter, you know, and that's the kind of player he is. And and the other part of it is, you know, he's a guy that as good as he's been uh, has always been kind of overlooked. I mean, he was never a Pro Bowl player till this year. Uh, had never been to the postseason till this year. Uh, finally, getting the opportunity to be on a team that gives him a chance to actually maybe win a Super Bowl ring has been a tremendous motivator for this guy. In addition to coming home and being, you know, a local guy, uh, it's all come together for him this year. And he's been uh, on a team where there everybody is everybody has contributed. It really has been a team effort. But some guys have stood apart from the others, and he's one of them. Eagles game to lose, you think? Yeah, I kind of think so. I, I think they're, I think they're, they're just better, you know. And the Chiefs are very dangerous, you know. Any team that has Patrick Mahomes is dangerous. Uh, and Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. And Chris Jones is a is a monster on the defensive line. I mean, they've got they've got good players, uh, but the Eagles are better. Uh, and if they just take care of business, you know, and just let their offensive line do the heavy lifting here, I think they can control this game. Uh, and Control it in a way that will play to their favor in, in the sense that they can have long drives, take time off the clock, you know, limit Mahomes' snaps, which you kind of want to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, some people are talking about, you know, blowout. And I, I don't foresee that. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good game just because Reed's a really good coach and Mahomes is a great quarterback, and that's a tough pair to beat. But the Eagles are better, and uh, I think they're ready for this moment. You know, I think they're well coached. I don't think it's going to get there. I don't think they're going to freak out by getting there like some teams do. You get in the Super Bowls, oh my God, what look like. You know, I don't see that with this team. If anything, the bigger the challenge here in the postseason, the better they've played. And I think you're going to see that again next Sunday. That will do it for this Super Bowl special episode of One on One. Thanks, as always, to Ray Dinger for his time and expertise. You can follow the show on Twitter at One on One Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks so much for listening.